Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad it's worse than a cold shower, but only because the show goes on for an hour. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. And as this show goes out, I should be landing back at, uh, in New York uh, at JFK. And again, when I get back, I'll tell you what I thought of uh, Norwegian Airlines. Hope they're good. Uh and then, uh, anyway, so this show is uh, 100% pre-recorded, and it's a jumbo episode because uh, I've gotten requests to hear more about tobacco blending. Well, I went to one of the uh, one of the uh, more famous tobacco blenders in the industry right now, and got John David Cole, so from from the Country Squire and Country Squire Radio. You will get to listen to me and John David talk about tobacco blending and, uh, you know, and, and of course, goof around. So you'll get some of that. Uh, and then you'll have a little bit of music mailbag and rant. All the standard stuff coming up on this 100% way pre-recorded episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to enjoy this fine show. Uh as as it is the uh, middle of August now and everybody is starting to get back from school and stuff, don't forget 100% of our uh, archives are still sitting out there for you to get caught up on if you missed an episode over the summer or if you want to go back and re-listen to stuff. Uh, in fact, if there's too much information in one episode, well, you can listen to it again and it's free. It doesn't cost a thing. That's right. It's just sitting there waiting for you. Um Let's get the show rolling, so just everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn, or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And when I mean we, by request, all right, so a little bit of backstory to why you're here before I tell everybody who you are, um, in case they can't read the show note stuff. Uh, I got a request that people wanted to hear more about tobacco blending. They wanted to learn more about blends, learn more about the art of blending, and the first, well, the two names came to my mind. I'm working on the second one, getting them on the show. But the first name that came to my mind was John David Cole of the Country Squire Tobacconist in Jackson, Mississippi, also of the Country Squire Radio. John David, welcome to, welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yeah, dude, I, I, I'm thrilled, man. I, you know, it just says a lot about uh, how desperate you are nowadays that you would stoop as low as bringing someone like me on here. But <laughs> well, well, I'm thrilled to be here, man. Thanks for thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, and what's going to be kind of fun is this is like uh, you know this is like Frodo Baggins alone without his Samwise Gamgee to protect him because I got you away from Bo, so it's just you and me, baby. 
that that that's it. I, I do feel kind of unprotected and a little vulnerable, but you know, I, I'll I'll do the best I can. I you know uh, uh you know we'll we'll just we'll just make do. Uh, it's a good thing we're not in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, I wouldn't notice. Um, anyway, uh, so if, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, I could look down. There you are. Um, if uh, so. Just, if anybody wants to get your street creds and your and your history with the show, you know, with pipes and pipe tobacco, go back and listen to when you were first on the show with me, or go back and yeah. listen to the Country Squire. So we don't need to know all that. We know you started smoking a pipe and a pipe, you know, and, and then you fell in love with the pipe, and the pipe smoke made you see magical things and made and transcended you to a whole different area. Uh, Are you sure you're talking about pipe tobacco, or is that that left-handed tobacco? Well, I was born in California, um, <laughs> but so really, what we want to, what we really want to get into is the art of the art of blending, and every blender has a unique approach to it. Um, you guys, uh, so let's just say what what are the, you know, you're you're sitting there in your shop tootling around and then you get an you get an idea or is it usually a request from a customer that says you know i like this but i'm looking for something more like this how what what is usually the starting point for you that says i need to work on a new blend yeah you know that, that it's a good question there's a lot of answers to that to be honest with you and and sometimes um Sometimes it is, it, well, sometimes it's prompted by a variety of things. So, um, you know, I, bet I might be realizing that there's a kind of a hole in our lineup, you know, at the Country Squire. And so I'm looking for, um, you know, maybe to create a blend that might fill a gap that I think we're kind of weak on. Um, let's say that, you know, we haven't produced a certain uh, specific flavor aromatic in a while or, uh, or maybe our... Uh, we've got plenty of Virginia blends, but, you know, our, our bright leaf, you know, forward blends are not, you know, particularly well represented. I may want to focus on that. Um, you know, so that, that, that can be part of it. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, we do a lot of custom and private blending here in the shop and, uh, sometimes we'll develop a blend for a customer or even a customer will have an idea, um, and I'll be like, man, that's uh, this this is pretty good, or that's an interesting idea, and I might might run with that. And so it, you know, it could be customer uh, inspired, and and those are those are some of the most fun ones because then, uh, you know, of course, the smoker that is on the other side of the counter gets uh, excited because their blend winds up on the shelf, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. or even better, winds and, uh, up in their pipe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and, and and then other times, Brian, you know, it's um it's a personal thing. Like, you know, I'll be kind of monkeying around and I'm, I get tired of maybe the blend I'm smoking or, um, you know, something. And I'll, I'll think to myself, you know, I wonder, I, yeah, I'm kind of craving something different. I wonder maybe if I added a little, uh, Perique to this, what would happen? What would happen if I, you know, put some, uh, you know, more mature Virginia in here and then let it sit back for, for a month. What would, what would that do? Um, you know, so it's just kind of a variety. The inspiration comes in different ways, and um, yeah, it's it's fun, you know. So, what is your what is your base process for starting a blend? Do you do you have a uh, do you have a set style? I mean, let, let, I guess I would 
I would assume that if you're taking an existing blend and modifying it, that's a different process than saying we've got a gap in our product line on the uh, on the light English side. So I need to start with, you know, I need to I need to build something that'll uh, or create something that'll fit that is. So are those two different processes yeah. for you? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, a lot of times you do kind of recognize what's what's um, what's already on the market or what you've already created, uh, and then want to want to modify it. Of course, there's a lot of great blends out there, and that's how a lot of uh, you know home blenders get started. How a lot of um, you know a lot of tobacconists that don't do blending uh, much at all. That's how you know if they do dive off into blending, that's how they get started. They'll take uh, you know the old. Uh, the old thing of mixing one Q with Wayne BCA and then calling it your house favorite, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's one way to do it. Uh, you know, I had a, had a guy come in here, uh, I guess it was, uh, uh, not too long ago. And, uh, he said, yeah, I opened the, the first pipe shop in, uh, uh, this city. I won't name the city. He said, I opened the first pipe shop in this city back in 1974. And, I was the first one down there to blend, uh, you know, one Q with BCA. And we <laughs> called it such and such. And man, that I still got people that tell me about that. And I'm, you know, it's just, it's kind of funny, you know, it's, uh, everyone, everyone's got to start somewhere, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but, um, yeah, so that's a, you know, that's a fun, uh, process. And it's something that the course is really easy to do at home and, um, and is a nice jumping off point, but, but yeah, you know, if you want to get more sophisticated, once you get more comfortable with, uh, leaf varietals and, um, you know, things that are on the market, both, you know, blends that are already, uh, out there, raw leaf that's already out there and then, and then occasionally whole leaf. Um, you know, then you can start to kind of tinker with it yourself and, um, you know, and just, uh, and just go from there. So, um, you know, the, the part of the, when you, when you start dealing with the constituent ingredient tobaccos, it's very important to know, uh, the properties of each one of the tobaccos, right? Yeah. And so, uh, as you know, as well as I do, uh, you know, some tobaccos have uh, more and less nicotine. Some tobaccos are uh, burned hotter and cooler. Some tobaccos are uh, more naturally moist than others and, and so on and so forth. And so, uh, you know, just being familiar with those things, knowing those things, um, that's, you have to keep all that in mind when you're, when you're getting in the kitchen, you know? Yeah, if you if you ever want to completely piss off your mouth, your tongue, and the people around you, uh, take some. You know, there's different grades of perique. Take some straight perique <laughs> in different grades. Take some straight latakias in different grades, and uh, start smoking those just by themselves, and you'll learn to hate yourself real quick. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone. Someone told me if they uh, if they smoke straight Perique, um, you know, that, and then drink a Diet Coke, that it'll make you see God. So I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't I haven't tried it yet, but I, I'm putting that in my back pocket for the next time I'm in a spiritual depression. So <laughs> it, it, it's very similar to re remember Pop Rocks candies. Yeah, you'd put yeah. those in your mouth and then yeah. drink a soda with it, and, it, and your mouth would explode right. and stuff would start coming out your nose and everything. Uh, yeah 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 it, it's very similar to that so all right let, let's take our first break here when we come back i'm gonna i'm just gonna hammer you until you start giving us trade secrets on how you work a blend from start to finish so stay with us oh uh, dude i'm a <laughs> yeah. i'm a vault man you can't break me <laughs> yeah just watch we'll be back in just a minute this is internet radio 
Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm Smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, hanging out with my good buddy, John David Cole, who is about to become uh, Papa John David. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so your blending time may include formula and uh, diaper and, uh, <laughs> and diaper rash lotion, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. It's like, man, why does this, uh, why does this, uh, you know, new, uh, you know, English blend or whatever taste like baby powder? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we are, man. We're we're expecting our firstborn um, uh, here in September, and uh, you know, just a few weeks away. We're excited, man. So I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited and terrified and all that. But you know, to to um, you know, beef up that diaper fund and you know the uh, the you know, baby clothing fund and all the other stuff. I'm all, <laughs> I'm gonna have to stay in the kitchen up at the shop to try to, you know, keep keep cranking out some blends and selling tobacco. You know, we gotta we gotta pay for, and, and, and we're having a little girl too, so I gotta pay for. <laughs> not only do I, you know, save for college, but now I have to save for a wedding, and you know, I have to save for all the shotgun shells that yeah, I'm gonna oh, yeah, for a boyfriend with. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, father, uh, father of daughter advice. Uh, on the sidewalk out in front of your house or on the driveway somewhere, just take some white paint that looks like chalk outline and outline a body out there. And just remind the boys, that's what happened to the last one that brought her home late. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's pretty good. I'll have to, I'll put that one in my, uh, in my roll deck. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So if we, if we buy a flake tobacco from the country squire and it looks like there's little white powdery stuff on it, that's not mold. It could just be baby powder. So don't worry. It, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. You know, that's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> it, you may not want it in your pipe, but if it's good for a baby's butt, well, it'd be fine to smoke too. Um, well, you know, I mean, the, some of the finest, uh, you know, <laughs> Stokeby uh, flakes and whatnot are, are, are great for the uh, for the nursery, right? We've always done <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. And if you ever get an overly moist uh, aromatic, you can squeeze the propylene off of it and use that as lotion on, <laughs> on your daughter's backside, and she'll smell better, too. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure there are people tuning in right now that are terrified of, uh, of where this conversation is going. But, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Child Protective Services is knocking on my door right now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what that pump is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, never mind. All right, let, let's go back, and I'll, I'll, we're going to crack the vault here. Um, you, the, in this scenario, you're working on a brand-new blend. And obviously, it's going to yeah. be it's going to be a variation of something you already have because your store carries a ton of home, you know, a ton of custom blended stuff. You don't have, you know, you're not too far off of any genre, but 
you're starting with a whole new blend. Uh, you have the idea because you've already smoked all the base tobaccos. You kind of know what you're looking for. Um, do you blend two or three different versions of it at once and write down the recipes and then let it sit yeah. and then see which one you like better? Yeah. So uh, this is this is kind of where I start, and I you know again you know we do have secrets, obviously trade secrets and and other things because if I um, you know told uh, told the world how we made a you know Cherokee or shepherd's pie or Northwest Trek, <laughs> um, I wouldn't be able to, to save for those uh, those diapers anymore, but because <laughs> you'd be making it at home. But um, but yeah, you know we we do we start. Um, I I personally tend to start uh, with with um two or three ingredients tops that's that's how i tend to start blends and then i add to it from there um you know some people have a different mindset they get in their mind yeah i'm gonna throw these eight ingredients in a bowl and uh and and see what happens the where i've run into issues with that is um you know if if, as much as you can learn and know tobacco and, and and understand the different flavors that that are going on in a blend you know, you still, if you, if you smoke a blend that's that complex from the beginning and you know you, and you, and you don't like it, it's harder to pin down what you want to change, right? Does that, mm-hmm. does that kind of make sense? You yeah. kind of, um, th- there's more variables at that point. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do start with a more, uh, simplistic blend and kind of add from there. Um, and, uh, yeah, to, to pull the curtain back a little bit, and actually right now I'm sitting, uh, in our back, uh, office slash, shipping room that we've got in the back of our of our new shop here and uh what what i do when i've got these little you know we all as pipe smokers love mason jars we try to you know keep mason jars around all the time if you're selling tobacco or you know want to keep it fresh and i get the tiniest little jelly jars that you can get um you know the little the little small uh squat ones and um and i just i you know i'll make i'll make uh of a simple blend i'll make you know four or five iterations at a time. Um, and I'll put each one of those jars. I've got each one labeled version one, version two, version three. And I, I, I literally, I'm surrounded by stacks of these things, you know? And so, um, you know, and then I, I keep a notepad kind of close by where I've got, okay, version one has these ingredients, version two has these. Um, and then I always let them sit for a couple of days. Cause I feel like, you know, when you put, uh, you know, tobacco, it, when you blend them like that, they just need, you know, a little time to marry up and, you know, the moisture and aromas and everything. So, um, yeah. And then, and then I just kind of slowly work, work through them. Right. And so, um, you know, I'll, I'll determine, Hey, I like, I like number one more than I like number three, uh, number two is out. That one's terrible. And, um, and then you kind of start, start modifying and, and adding to it from there. Um, that's kind of my preferred way to do it. You know, we, I've, I've had, um, you know, interactions with other tobacconists where they, I think, um, you know, take a different approach. But that's, um, you know, that's kind of what we do on a simplistic basis. And, um, you know, and if we're, if we're working on an English blend, um, it can be as simple as, you know, two different types of Virginia and, uh, you know, my favorite Latakia. Or, um, you know, or maybe, you know, if we're working on a, you know, Virginia Perique, uh, you know, two or three different types of uh, Virginias mixed with uh, you know, this particular type of Perique because I know it blends well with with this particular type of Virginia, and then and then we go from there. So, um, yeah, it's just um, that's I guess that's kind of how I, how I do it. You know, it's nothing nothing super fancy, but I do have to keep it well organized because if I don't, 
um, I'll get lost in the weeds really <laughs> quick. And then eventually when I want to start tinkering with, you know, refining and tinkering, then I don't really know where to, to go for that. I, I hope that makes sense. No, it makes absolute sense to me. But when my, so my question to you is when you've got those three or four base blends, you know, those three or four starter blends and you got your little jars there and you got your little notepads, uh, do you smoke all three or four at the same time with a, in a different pipe, you know, do you, and puff back and forth between them? Or do you work all the way through, you know, do you smoke a bowl of one and think about and write down your, your notes on it and then come back a little bit later and try another one? Yeah, I typically start that way, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm always doing this with, um, well, typically anyway, not always, but, you know, 80, 90% of the time uh, I'm doing this with a meerschaum or with a clay. Um, you know, we know that, uh, you know, if you keep your meerschaum really clean, uh, and your clay too, that they'll, they have, you know, just a super pure flavor of the tobacco. You're, you're experiencing the tobacco itself and not yep. the, not the ghosting from, uh, former blends. And so, um, you know, I, I try to try to use a, a meerschaum or a clay, um, for that. And, uh, and, and yeah, so I, I, I smoke, uh, I try to smoke an entire bowl, uh, of, you know, each, each one. But if I get kind of stuck between a couple blends, that's where I'll go back and forth. I might like, uh, like, a couple of pipes consecutively. I've actually lit three pipes consecutively at a time and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and sampled this and that, um, you know, but I, I do try to smoke the whole bowl and, and take notes throughout the bowl. So, you know, think, uh, man, the, you know, the charring light that, you know, you, and the, and the, you know, the false light of the tobacco, it, um, this is how I experienced it. Once I tanted and, and, and gave it the real deal light, um, you know, it had, uh, you know, this kind of, quality and then as i you know the first quarter of the bowl it, it you know i was getting these notes it was burning like this uh, my tongue was feeling this way and and just kind of going through the process um you know i had noticed and you know most serious pipe smokers you know will note that the flavor of a complex blend is going to change pretty dramatically throughout uh, the bowl and so i want to smoke that entire bowl down and kind of uh you know experience uh once it once those uh leaves and those those little vegetables in that oven, once they start baking with that really uh, <laughs> smoldery temperature down there at the bottom of the bowl, you know, what are, what notes am I getting there that's different from the beginning? And it, it, has it changed in a good way? Has it changed in a bad way? Um, and, and how to, you know, how to take that with iterations going forward. So um, anyway, hope that helps. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's, that's almost, that's almost opposite to the way I used to attack it. And keep in mind, I wasn't the one, well, I mean, in, in my retail days, yeah, I did a little tweaking and custom blending, but not dramatically. But when the factory would send us samples, I'd get four or five samples, and I'd have to line them up and sit down. And I used my Missouri Meerschaum corn cobs. I'd, I'd always, every time I was at a pipe show and they had the $35 bag of a dozen knockouts or whatever, the rejects, yep. I'd go and pick those up. <laughs> and then expense it to the yeah. company um, because I wanted a clean, I wanted a clean pipe, but I'd get all four or five of them smoking all at the same time and be passing back and forth between them, trying to figure out yeah. what it was. Um, and then as you get to the point where you're starting to narrow in on it, then I would start looking at, I'd ask the factory for uh 
you know, three, three or four pouches of the same, of one version of it. And I'd start goofing around with the moisture level of it to see mm. if, you know, I'd, I'd leave one completely sealed. I'd dry one a little bit, dry one a little bit more, dry one a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and see where the moisture was to, to further tweak it. And I used to call those hell days, uh, be, <laughs> because it, it was pure hell to the point where I, yeah. you know, it, it was a, I don't know how many, <laughs> I don't know how, uh, how many times I've said this before, but I can't emphasize it enough. When you're taste testing blends, it's a, it's work and it sucks. It is. Yeah. It, it, it is. You know, I think, I think people, um, I, I think pipe enthusiasts think that, you know, for those of us that do work in the industry, it's like, man, you get to sit around and smoke these pipes all day long. And, um, <laughs> and man, we do, we, we do. And I am blessed and we are so thankful. I, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're so thankful that we get to do uh, what we do for a living. It's not, I don't have a real job, you know, it's a dream job. It's, it's great. <laughs> but, but, but it is, there is, there is a lot of work that is involved in that. And there is a, <laughs> there is a hell day component to it, you know, um, it, it, um, it, it, it's, it's difficult. It's frustrating. Um, a lot of times there's a lot of guesswork involved. Um, a lot of times you're shooting at, you know, you're, you're blindfolded, you know, thrown at a dartboard, it feels like. Um, and then a lot of times you've, you've gone so much with a specific blend, you may have gone down the road with it. And then you realize, you know, at the end of the day, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, and the whole thing, uh, you know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, we, we have a, a whatever jar here at our shop and, you know, and, 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 and a lot of, and it's on multiple occasions, you know, all the little mason jars I've developed, all the iterations of some tobacco I've been working on, you know, they've, they've all wound up in the whatever jar <laughs> because they just, uh, they just weren't, um, you know, I, I just got to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm done. It's kind of, um, I always laugh. We, we spoke with, uh, Lee Von Eric the other, uh, day and you know in the in the you know documentary Father the Flame he talks about you know if you have three uh, mess ups in one day you just call <laughs> it quits and you take it out back and shoot it you know and that's that's the kind of that's the kind of attitude you have to have sometimes with blending. <laughs> I used to I used to take all the mistake stuff and bring it home dry it out a little bit and then in the spring I'd mix it into the flower beds and use it as a <laughs> yeah use it as a natural <laughs> fertilizer and it would scare away some of the pests. Um, but we'll take a, we're, we're going to take our final break right here. When we come back, I'll have more with John David. I, I promise there's a whole lot more that I'm going to drill him for to get out of the vault. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. 
back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with John David Cole of the Country Squire Tobacconist, Country Squire Online, Country Squire Pipe and Tobacco Shop, and Assembly of of uh, Child uh, Furniture Department. Uh, <laughs> You know, you you know, I gotta I gotta just, I gotta just say for a minute here, you know, for just I I need to take a minute here because I think I've known you now for about six or seven years. And, yeah, that sounds right. And for for somebody who self proclaims him as just a slow old Southern boy, um, in those six or seven years now, you went from managing the store to buying the store. And then getting married, and now you are having a child, all in like, <laughs> I don't know, the last four years. So, yeah, this yeah. is this is not the 1960s, and we're racing to the moon. So, you know, you you might need to slow down a little bit here. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like it, man. You know, I was I was actually <laughs> chatting with an old friend who who stopped by the shop today. Uh, I'm minding my own business, and uh. A, a buddy of mine came in the shop that I hadn't seen in probably two years, and uh, he was in town from California. He was asking me about life, and and yeah, you know, we were talking about all the things you just mentioned, just how uh, dramatically things have changed over the past, uh, not just the past few years, but the past uh, the past year. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. we um, obviously got you got married. Went and I went and jumped the broom, you know, and um, <laughs> and then we went and uh, and moved the shop here. You know, our, our little shop uh, has been here about. Um, well, 49 next year, next month will be 49 years. And yeah. we uh, moved our, our location a couple doors down. And so we had to go through that. That was a, a good thing, but also very difficult. And, uh, and because of that, fundamentally, our business has changed. We have more visibility now. We're doing more local business. We uh, have been able to expand our, you know, our shipping footprint and uh, online sales and that kind of thing. And so that's, that's a lot of work, and and then lo and behold, uh, you know, here we got a little uh, a little bun in the oven, you know. So <laughs> a, a, a little a, a little cold nugget is cooking. Yeah, a little. My my wife. Uh, we're not telling the name of our daughter, so my wife has been referring to our our baby girl as Lumpa Lumpa Cole. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so you know we uh, yeah we, you know and that's uh, that brings a lot of challenges too. So you know I'm just trying to kind of hold on, man, and, and work in some some time here and there to, um, you know, uh, take care of my heart and, and take care of myself and, and try to be a good <laughs> husband and a good business owner and a, a good tobacconist. So it's a, it's a lot to challenge, you know, to, to balance, but it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been a lot for, of fun. For Halloween, you could paint little lump of purple and then she could be an Oompa Loompa from Willy Wonka. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the... Well, let's, let's just, let's just say we hope she doesn't have her mother or her father's height. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we we we'd like her to uh, to not be featured in the next uh, Peter Jackson Hobbit movie. You know, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to pick on your height, but since you mentioned it, your wife's actually pretty lucky because right. you're not exactly a large person. So the odds are that she's going to have a small baby, and you know, the, and your daughter's just going to kind of easily walk out, wave at everybody, say hi, and then the birth will be over. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be totally painless, man. No, so smooth. You, you won't even she won't even know it happened. We'll we'll be out for cocktails thirty minutes later. You know? <laughs> I guarantee you, it won't hurt you for a minute. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Going back to tobacco blending and the and the creating of a blend. Uh, 
can you just give us an example of how many, you know, I, I know that there are some blends that you probably hit pretty quick off on, you know, two or three attempts and then you nailed it. And then there's those blends that you were going for something and it took you a while. And how many, yeah. are we talking months or years of going back and forth on one blend? Yeah. You know, those, some of those blends have been, and, and they are, man, you're right. Some of them, you know, man, after, you know, three or four iterations, um, you're, you're done. You know, you're like, man, this is awesome. The stars aligned. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's gratifying pretty immediately, but there's some of those blends that you, you really do fight with for a long time. And it's, uh, it, you're doing, you're wrestling with them. You're doing battle. <laughs> yep. And, uh, it goes back to, you know, we were talking about in the last segment, um, you know, just the, the work that goes into it and, uh, and the artistry and, um, you know, sometimes you really, frankly, uh, you know, you really question your abilities. They it challenges you, and you have to keep pushing. You ask for a lot of, uh, you know, you're passing your uh, your prototypes out to friends, asking them to try it, giving you feedback, and um, yeah, it, you know, it can take months. It really can. I, I think, uh, you know, I've spent, you know, thirty uh, something iterations on a blend, you know, before I've kind of come to come to the final um, conclusion. And that's um, th- those are those are the frustrating ones. But if you put the the time and work into it, you know, obviously it can be extremely rewarding, um, you know, because you, you do, you find, uh, you, you find that, that, that perfect, um, that perfect, you know, combination of, of things that, um, you know, just lights you on fire and, 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 and then comes the next step, then, okay, you like it. Now you put your jewels out there to see if your friends like it and <laughs> if the world likes it. And that's the scary part is that you, uh, you think you've hit something that you're proud of and that you, you know you've worked really hard at, but now you now you got to let your uh, now you got to let the world try it and get feedback from them, and that's uh, that's scary. Yeah, but it's also um, you know very humbling and honoring when uh, when folks give you give you positive feedback. Yeah. Do you goof around with uh, with you know trying to put some pressure and pressing the tobacco a little bit to see if that helps it, or you know, or uh, yeah, and do you jack around with the moisture level? Um, and, and not getting too secretive or, you know, getting too many secrets, but I would assume that maybe there's some, you know, extra sauces that you may add to stuff. That's not, you know, just a tobacco thing, but a flavoring of some sort. Well, yeah, we try, you know, we, we try to keep that stuff, you know, pretty close to the vest. So, um, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to give you a, a, a soft pass on a couple of those questions, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will say, um, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, the, the moisture content of tobaccos presents, um, some challenges. It, it does. And, uh, you know, and so you have to go back and forth. Sometimes you want a tobacco, uh, moist because of how it's going to blend with other tobaccos or maybe it'll slow the, burn rate of a blend down and then other times you need them to dry out some and so we intentionally uh let them do that um uh over time and then uh also we we do occasionally uh, use uh you know some some pressing techniques I, i've got just a very uh kind of rudimentary uh press that that i built here at the shop and we're, we're actually in the process of having a larger one built because we are doing more volume now um something that we can actually display here in the shop while it's pressing tobacco, which will be kind of fun. Um, but, um, 
you know, we don't have the capability that say a, uh, you know, a, a Mac Baron or a yeah. Suffolk or, um, you know, a, uh, a, 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 you know, Orlick or whoever, you know, we, we don't have their capabilities obviously with that, but, um, but pressure and time, you know, there's no substitute for, uh, time, pressure and heat on, um, on the, on the tobacco, you know, that those things, uh, alone, uh, you can take one leaf of tobacco, not blended with anything, and and the the pressure, the heat, and the time, uh, it'll make an entirely different experience, uh, both when you're blending and you're smoking. And um, they, you know, there again, just one more variable to add to the pile, right? <laughs> it, uh, it 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 it's fun because it can add a lot of uh, nuance to it. But again, it's uh, it's part of the madness. It's part of the work is finding out that right combination. So. Um, yeah, you know, it, a lot of this stuff people can do at home. Absolutely. You know, I know we, you had mentioned that at the beginning of the show that um, you know a uh, you know we have a kind of a, uh, a growing interest uh, in our industry and our hobby. Uh, folks wanting to blend at home. You know, there's uh, there's a couple of guys actually, um, you know, who are uh, they have other careers, other jobs, but they have gotten to be really. Uh, you know, well-known home blenders and are even featuring some of their blends on uh, Instagram and Facebook and things like that. That's, that's cool, man. That's how it ought to be. You know, people are, uh, people are experimenting and, uh, you know, and getting in the kitchen in their spare time. Um, and, uh, and I, I I love that, you know, uh, there was an old story, you know, of, uh, um, uh, who's the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, historian, uh, that lived, uh, Shelby Foote, who lived yep. in Memphis for years. Uh, of course, the famed Civil War historian. And, you know, no one could ever duplicate his blend because he would go to the Tobacco Bowl in Memphis and buy his, uh, you know, his blend there. But then he'd go home and mix it with stuff that, um, that he wouldn't tell anyone about, you know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, you know, it, he had the tobacconist at the, at the shop do some work, but then he'd go home and monkey with it some more. And that made it even more, uh, special for him and um you know that's um that's part of the fun of it you know and, and things like um you know those time pressure heat things you can do all that uh you know right at your home we've got there's a lot of uh, uh different you know people have created different uh designs for tobacco presses and yep. um you know things of that nature um some some really great ingredients are available to people uh just as consumers right you don't have to necessarily be a retailer to get um, you know, things like, uh, you know, yellow Virginia, uh, Latakia, you know, uh, unflavored barley, and, uh, you know, some of these things, they're, uh, man, they're, they're available just a, fl- a few clicks away and, uh, you can be off to the races. So, um, right. a lot of, a lot of fun opportunity to experiment for, um, for the pipe enthusiast at home. My tobacco press that I have here at home for, uh, for a smaller batch is a, uh, quart you know, one of those quart-sized freezer bags, big, you know, heavy plastic bag. Put the tobacco in yep. there, take as much air out of it as possible. And then, you know, all those really big coffee table books that you get over time and you really yeah. don't look yeah. at them, but they look really cool and they've got really big words in them. I just yeah. stack five <laughs> or six of them on top of that bag, pop the pop the Ziploc so that whatever air starts to, you know, that is left in there comes out and I'll leave that tobacco there for a week, sometimes with the Ziploc cracked, because it helps press it even further. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can even, you know, if it's a hot 
if you live in a place like the South where, you know, (laughs) people shouldn't live because it's like on the surface of the sun, you know, (laughs) Um, man, you can take that stack of, uh, you know, that you created there with your bag and your coffee table books and man, you can just set it on the front porch for a few days, you know, and there's your heat source, right? (laughs) I have, Um, I've rehumidified dried tobacco in the summertime, just opening it up and putting it on the, on the porch or in the garage and just left it open yeah. and I've rehumidified it because we're in 70, 80% humidity and guess what tobacco needs is you know, 70, 80, 90% yeah. and you're good. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, if you, great. if you live in Las Vegas, don't do that. Uh, you know, that no. that's fine, but, no. but yeah, you're right. There is. And, and I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that people can go online with you and order some components and some little bits and pieces and start playing with stuff at home. Um, I just smoked a tobacco that I talked about that I took some old, you know, McClellan 5100 and added just 10% of a blended Turkish ribbon to it, and it completely yeah. changed the blend. Uh, yeah. I actually saw where you had posted that, Brian. I thought, man, yeah. that's... That's cool. I, you know, I, I remember doing some of that myself with uh, with their Turkish ribbon. That was a really good, uh, a really good, uh, you know, component leaf that we occasionally used. And of course, fifty one hundred. We don't have to, you know, go over how how much we miss that. But um, you know, little stuff like that. There there are still uh, so many great uh, leaves on the market. You're right that uh, that people can get and. Um, you know what? What I would encourage for the home blender, we've talked. You know, this is—it's obvious, I guess, but just to make it explicit, like, you know, you—the you, the best way to do this, I, I think, anyway, is to you know read about all the components, but then get your hands on an ounce of each one. Get your hands on some unflavored burley, some uh, some light light burley, some different different types of Virginia, some um, you know Perique, Latakia. If you can get your get your hands on some Orientals and. Um, yeah. And then, and then smoke, you know, be brave enough to, uh, to smoke a bowl of each one, you know, smoke it, uh, smoke it down, uh, try it, uh, try it out by itself. Even if it's boring, even if it's kind of strong, um, even if it, uh, burns kind of hot, uh, work your way through it. And I, I think with each individual component, it'll give you a, you know, a good understanding of, okay, well, this, this blend has a lot of nicotine or this blend burns kind of fat, you know, this, this leaf burns kind of fast or this, uh, you know, this, particular leaf is uh is kind of wet and um you know that type of thing and so i I think those those you know kind of ways of just starting with all the components of ingredients that'll really help uh people who are interested in doing it themselves yeah you really need to understand what each individual piece does before you start kind of putting them together a couple more questions for you as a tobacconist um one in I I know of a couple in in the past that I had to do this where I had to create the in-house blend in a retail environment. I had to create it and then let it sit for a month before I was able to put it on the shelf. And that had, yep. that meant I had to forecast my sales. And if I ran out, it was like, you know, I'm sorry, I've got the tobacco. It's just it's not going to be ready for another 10 days. Uh, yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm sure that happens for you and you know, so you've got to, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, this, the shelf may be empty, but you got 10 pounds of it cooking in the back and it's just not ready. So come back in two weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's right. That's kind yeah. of like, that's kind yeah. of like going to a good Southern um, barbecue joint 
and you know they run out of food but they're still cooking back there but it's not ready for another 12 14 hours which you know we and look we got plenty of ribs they're just not done yet you know they need they need more time in the uh in the smoke <laughs> yeah so that yeah. you know that that's kind of a good pairing of uh, co- uh comparison sorry not pairing we, we wouldn't want to talk about a barbecue pairing uh, no, no, definitely, no. definitely not. That we have no interest in that. Yeah, <laughs> and then you've also got the wild card, which is you've got blends that go all the way back to the beginning of the country squire forty nine years ago. Uh, yeah, you know what do you do when all of a sudden a company closes their doors and <laughs> then you got to yep. go? Then you got to go searching for new components and you know that's right. Is that's that right. and that's and. And that's aside from the fact that, that you know, it leaves naturally change over time because of things that, you know, where they're grown or, uh, you know, uh, uh, precipitation levels or, you know, the amount of heat in a certain region or all kinds of stuff. These are, you know, people forget that, you know, because they just, you know, they get a cherry tobacco every week or they smoke their favorite blend that's, you know, uh, that in their mind they think hasn't changed. Well, the, the taste may not have changed much, but, but what has had to happen behind the scenes for that tobacco to taste the way it does now compared to the way it did in 1970, right? Yep. Like it, we, we've got to constantly be on our toes uh, for, and, 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 you know, to, to try to sense little nuances, little changes in these, uh, in these ingredient leaves. Um, leaves over the years because they they just change. It's a natural product. What we're dealing with is a vegetable, <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, man, you know, corn uh, now it tastes different than corn that was you know grown in the fifties. You know, they're uh, it, it's it's harvested differently. It's grown differently. I mean, I, I'm not a farmer, but I mean, you know, these are kind of obvious uh, you know things in my mind anyway. You know the um, you know the the climate is changing. You know, and so it's how do you how do you take all this and um, and, and maintain consistency. You know, we, we hear that from, uh, some of the uh, best cigar blenders in the world too. People are like, how do you get these, uh, cigars to taste the same way every year? And well, they're constantly tweaking. They're constantly, uh, monkeying with proportions and, um, it takes a, takes a lot of work. Yeah. Peter Stokeby talked to me about in the mid 1990s when the U S tobacco prices were going crazy and, and keep in mind, all these Danish aromatics are primarily Virginia-based. Most of the Virginia yeah. tobacco is coming from North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, you know, right where I'm sitting. Uh, prices yeah. were going crazy. They couldn't raise prices. They started outsourcing to Africa for Virginia tobaccos. And what yeah. they did was, you know, the first year that they used african stuff they put in 10 percent of it into the blend and then the next year they went up to 20 percent and so you had this transition period over about five years where the consumer didn't really notice the switch and the african farmers got better at growing the tobacco but that's exactly right you know by the late 1990s early 2000s all the all the Peter Stokeby Danish aromatic tobaccos, those were all African Virginia based. And that was a yep. political climate that they saw coming and said, we need to switch away because of cost. And then the tobacco farmer buyout came out and you know, you, you, you can't, <laughs> you know, one thing we've all learned is you can't control politicians for too long. No. Um, yeah. You, you, you can't. And, um, you know, so we're a slave to that too, right? The, 
you know, the, the political climate, the uh, economic climate and all, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and you, you nailed it, man. That's why when you go to these factories, the, you know, the crates that they're getting are not from, you know, um, as, as much anymore, I, I guess, lamentably as a, as a American, um, you don't see, you know, on these, on these big pallets anymore. It's not as much, uh, you know, North Carolina, Virginia, uh, Kentucky. Now it's places like Malawi and yeah. Cameroon and, you know, Tanzania and, <laughs> and Brazil, <laughs> right? Places like that. And, um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's part of it. We live in a global economy now. And so, um, but there again, right, you know, tobacco, uh, grows differently and, um, you know, in Malawi than it does in, um, you know, uh, the, the, um, you know, Tidewater region in Virginia, and you just have to um, how to know how to navigate that and, and keep experimenting. Or you get a tribal warlord in Zimbabwe that takes over the country and cuts off all the water and fertilizer to all the farmers until they start paying him homage, and then you lose Zimbabwe for a couple of years. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, look, only look, happened. Literally, that's. I mean, look at look at what uh, has happened and and is um, or has happened because it's really done. Uh, with uh, with Latakia, right? We exactly. uh, you know we we look at the you know geopolitical uh, reality in places like Syria, and um, you know the the Latakia the Latakia has fundamentally changed as a product um, because of that. Um, you know we 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 translate it to the cigar world, right? Well, you know for those first few years after the embargo, um, you know the guys fled to places like Tampa and Miami. Uh, and then, you know, places like uh, the Dominican Republic and uh, Nicaragua, Honduras. And, you know, those first few decades were rocky, but, you know, eventually they work it out and they get their cultivation stuff right. They dial this stuff in. And before you know it, they're making some of the best cigars in the world and, um, you know, uh, these remote parts of Nicaragua. And, uh, and, and they've caught up and in some places have surpassed their Cuban counterparts, right? And so, um, yeah. yeah, market changes and you just got to, you got to stay on top of it, but um, I, I do think people forget. You know, we're because these blends are so consistent. Uh, you know, a lot of them. Um, man, these are natural products. We're dealing with uh, with stuff that's grown out of the ground. It's you know, a laborer has had to you know plant this stuff and uh, you know determine when it's uh, best to be harvested and and then brought it out. And um, man, you you, uh, you know, it's constantly changing, and that's you know that's a frustrating thing, but it's also part of the fun, right? It's the skill and the art of the tobacco blender that keeps you from noticing everything that's going on behind the scenes. And, uh, <laughs> and that, that's something that you've been able to do at the Country Squire coming up on uh, 49 years. Because when, when this show airs, uh, you're two days away from your big party. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. So we, um, yeah, we're, we uh, have been here for 49 years now in August. Uh, we were founded back in 1970, and um, and so yeah, having a big uh, shindig on the 15th of August, which will be fun. And so, um, uh, our our mutual friend Max Stokeby is going to come in town and have a bunch of uh, Lane and Scandinavian Tobacco Group, uh, you know, tobaccos with them, some deals on stuff like uh, you know Orlick and Escudo and um, you know Lane products and stuff. It's going to be going to be a blast, man. Live music and all that. So we're we're looking forward to it, and I always love seeing Max, man. He's a, uh, of course, we both know he's a, uh, you know, tobacco royalty in uh, in our industry, <laughs> yeah. and we're, but uh, but but not just that, he's actually a good guy too. He didn't just he wasn't just born into it. He actually uh, he he's earned it in his own right, and uh, <laughs> man, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad uh, glad he's going to be joining us that day. 
Well, I'm too big for a 49th anniversary, but I am aiming to be there for your 50th next year. I promise, maybe. Dude, yeah, man. We're, you know, to touch on that just very briefly, we're, we're really excited for that. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's rare for any tobacco shop to make it five decades, but, um, you know, for, um, for, for one like ours, you know, we're just really, um, really excited, really honored about that, you know, and we're going to come out with some pretty special things for, uh, for next calendar year that we're working on. So we'll be, we'll be teasing some of those things out, but yeah, we, we'd love to have you, man. We'll, uh, we'll roll out the red carpet for you and, uh, you know, might have to lift the ceilings up a little bit around here so you'll be comfortable, but <laughs> we'd love to have you, mate. I'll be able to change whatever light bulbs you need changed before the party, but, uh, you know, I will say... The, yeah, the, I'll make a list. Yeah. Uh, the, the Reeves family set the tone for that store and succeeded for years and years and years, and they couldn't have found a better caretaker to leave it with than you, and uh, I'm just, uh, you know, happy to see it, happy to see you and the store and your uh, new little family be so successful. Yeah, well, thank thank you, man. That's really gracious, you know, and I, of course, you know, we've, we've always said in the past just, um, and how thankful we are for you and you know, uh, uh, me as a professional and also as a, as a fellow podcaster, you know, we wouldn't have, uh, you know, been able to succeed without, you know, building on, um, you know, what you've already built, what people in the past have, have built. We're just, we're really thankful, man. This is a fun community to be in. And uh, I'm just, I'm stunned. Every, uh, every week something happens that reminds me how, uh, how awesome the pipe smoking community is and how unique it is, too. There's not, uh, yeah. not many... Um, communities like this in the world, even other other niche enthusiast communities, we we stand alone in some some interesting ways. So um, we're very grateful, man. We're just honored to be a, a piece of this thing, and um, hope it hope it continues for another fifty years, and uh, hope we don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, well podcasting wise, I set the bar so low you could still tunnel six feet under and go over it. So you you guys are doing <laughs> fine. <laughs> Uh, no way, man! You're still the, you're still the boss, dude. You're well, still the boss. <laughs> I, I'm fine. I just wish that Bo didn't have that that full size poster of me wearing a speedo in his in his new studio because that's just frightening well, that no, he you, likes that. But you weren't supposed to tell me one about that. Oh, now. you know, I mean that's that's right. That you know, I, I, I we'll we'll keep that among our small group of uh, of friends, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> John David Cole of the Country Squire Tobacconist and Country Squire Online. I'm going to give you a real quick Fast Five final questions. Are you ready? Yeah, bring it, baby. All right, what is your favorite pipe to taste test with? Uh, my straight billiard Meerschaum. What is your favorite tobacco to blend with? Uh, currently, uh, a yellow Virginia ribbon that i will not disclose the name of <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite drink to have by your side when you are taste testing water and when you're finally done with that nah nobody cares uh but when you have time to relax with your <laughs> tobacco that you finally created what is your favorite thing to do sit on my porch with my dog penny uh and listen to uh, Spotify. And then finally, you have a ton of great pipe smoking related memories. So we'll just skip that. And I will tell you, if you want to hear John David's great pipe smoking memories, tune into <laughs> Country Squire Radio, where you get to hear them once a week. And uh, 
then you'll get to hear more of them. So, John David Cole, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for doing this. Man, thank you so much, Brian. Uh, good luck to your brother. I'm, I'm uh, honored to be be on the show, and uh, dude, I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, buddy. We'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, check out all the stuff that John David does. You know, just keep an eye on him. Uh, all right, for music, John David's having a little girl. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we played some music from the uh, soundtrack to I Am Sam, which is all Beatles-inspired. Well, just for... Uh, just for John David's little girl, this one is off of the soundtrack from I Am Sam, and it's the Black Crows uh, doing uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Turnstile, 
Absolutely no pipe smoking relationship there whatsoever. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe somebody in the Black Crow smokes a pipe. If you do, holler at me. Um, I really like the way they recorded that in the old-fashioned style, that old Beatles style of certain instruments on recorded on one side and the other, and then some bled into the middle so that you look like, so that it felt like you're sitting there looking right at the band. And uh, if you listen to it on stereo, you can really get those... Uh, you can, you can really feel the difference. Mm, message from the dark side there is. And in the mailbag, not really much. Um, no, not much at all, except to remind you that uh, you can come and see me at the uh, Conclave of Richmond Pipe Smokers, the core show. That's what the C-O-R-P-S. Uh, the core show this year is being held at the Sutliff Tobacco Factory. And I will be there in person, and I will be there recording you folks talking about your visit to uh, to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. Uh, that's October 5th, Richmond, Virginia. It's all day long. Show is 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Factory tours are on the hour, I believe, during that time. And then afterwards, they're talking about... Uh, uh, a band coming in and there'll be food trucks and stuff like that so the party's going to go on late into the night I'll be there the whole time with you hanging out and getting your perspective on uh, what you saw and it's a rare chance to actually go in and walk in a actually working pipe tobacco factory and see how it's made and you get to see me uh, sadly though, you will not get to see me this year at the Columbus Pipe Show, or the NASPC Show in Columbus, Ohio, that's August 23rd and 24th, uh, nor will I be able to attend the Mule Town Pipe Show in Columbia, Tennessee, August 30th and September 1st, uh, Kansas City's got their pipe show again, September 20th, 21st, 22nd, that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Kansas City, Missouri, and then uh, Dallas, Texas, Saturday, October 12th, Pop Safari Room, Fort Worth, Texas. And finally, November 2nd and 3rd, Palace Station, Las Vegas, Nevada, the West Coast Pipe Show. All that information and links to the show websites can be found on pipesmagazine.com under the Pipe Show banner. So check those out. Hope to see you at a pipe show somewhere on the road. I know I'll be in Vegas. And I'll be in Richmond, so come and say hi to me. All right, rant time's next. 
This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. goes out to the unknowing person that I run into and I tell them that I do a podcast for pipe smokers and I've been doing it for almost seven eight years I don't know whatever it is uh, it's it's amazing to them to think what is there to talk about when it comes to pipe smoking and you know it's kind of amazing for me to think that you know after 200 shows we didn't cover every little aspect of it we didn't cover every interesting person in the hobby we didn't cover every little unique tobacco blend uh we haven't beat this thing to you know like a dead horse no and that's because it's an interesting hobby full of fascinating people like john david said and it's full of just you know some great products and even after over 360 shows now if you'll notice, these shows keep getting longer and longer because there's more and more to say about it. So to the unknowing person, I tell them, well, you just don't know and you probably wouldn't understand. But if you want to start listening, start at number one and here's a and I'll help you learn, you know, learn how to smoke a pipe. Uh, to those of you that think that, <laughs> you know, that there's more to come. You're right. There is more. There's more interesting people. There's more to talk about pipes, more to talk about pipe shapes. There's more to talk about tobaccos. And there's always new product coming onto the market to talk about. So, yeah, there is a lot to talk about with a very simple little hobby where we take a piece of wood with a piece of plastic and put tobacco in it. You'd think it's that easy? Well, no, there's a ton of different stuff. All right, so I want to thank John David for joining me. Uh, remember, if you have any comments or suggestions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, if you have any travel-related questions, it's brian.levine at mei-travel.com, or you can find me on Instagram and find me on Facebook. I'll take care of you there. So once again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to John David, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy
I think I'd take a shower in glacier water for an hour instead of listening to this show again. <laughs>